What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hardworking Happy Hour podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we will be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. Woo! Happy Friday. Happy Friday. End of a little bit of a long, cold week. Yes. But it's Friday. We're doing our podcast. We got some... Well, let's talk about what we're going to talk about on this episode, which is branding. Branding. We're going to talk all (laughs) things brand, how to build a brand, what is a brand, how to differentiate your brand, just all kinds of really good stuff. And why it's so important. It's super important. Really important. It's like the most important thing in your life. So get your stuff together and get your brand together. Yeah. And everybody needs a brand. You need a business brand. You need a personal brand. Yep. So we're we're gonna we're gonna dive into all that. It's gonna be very exciting. Yes. But first, what what do we have here to, you know, cap off the week? What do we got? We have a bit of red wine. A little vino. A little vino this week. A little fancy. Yeah. And it was your is, week to choose. So why don't you give us a little detail yeah. into why you chose? So, um, actually, my mom for Christmas gave me a nice little gift basket of all different kind of cocktails and drinks for the podcast, which was super cool. So I took a look at the box of stuff that she gave me and I saw what what we're drinking is these little bottles of wine. It's like a personal bottle of wine. I guess it's maybe like 12 ounces. Looks really cool. It's called imagery. It's a really cool looking bottle. And I just thought, Hey, these people have a pretty cool brand. You know, if you're at the point of sale and if I was at a store and I saw this, it would catch my eye. That's mm-hmm. that's a small part of branding. It's not the whole thing. But I thought, you know, on their packaging, they really did a good job with their brand. So I figured, hey, this fits right in. And uh, it's a little chilly today. So I think red wine just felt like a good fit. Yeah, it definitely fits today's vibe. It was a good choice. And obviously with all of my cocktail choices, I've been a little lazy on, you know, I haven't done any mixing yet, so I'm going to step it up in the future. Um, We're going to do some custom stuff, some really exotic cocktails, but Mm -hmm. this just, it felt right. So we're drinking some vino and let's get into it. Yeah, let's start. Yeah. So you are the king of branding. You've done a great job creating this brand. (laughs) Sure. I'll take it. Yep. So why don't you just start with your background in branding? So really, I think branding at a, at a bigger level is just all the things that set you apart from anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's everything that makes you who you are. I've said this a thousand times that you need to differentiate yourself. You need to, you know, figure out what's different about you and you need to leverage that. So that's the whole idea of your brand is taking all those things that set you apart, that make you unique that give you that unique proposition you have for a client mm-hmm. and leveraging that and and bundling that together into all of your marketing, all of your graphics, all of your logo. And at the end of the day, your brand is, is really that, I think it kind of boils down to that initial feeling that people get, you know, when they see something that's Premier Outdoor Living, when they see a picture of our project or they see... Um, you know, just anything that goes along with our brand, it kind of all meshes together and it tells, you know, tells that story of what sets us apart. Right. 
So it's kind of a, it's like an obscure, vague thing, a brand. So I think a lot of, it, it's such a, I guess like a buzzword, branding. You got to build yeah. your personal brand, your business brand. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to really like dive in and know what is that? What makes up your brand? Yeah. How do I start one? And th- what do I do to feed that? Yeah. I think it can feel that way sometimes because as much as you are in control of your own brand, mm-hmm. the other part of that is reputation. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to brand yourself as like, I am a high end designer, but then your reputation doesn't match up with that. Yeah. That's where there's like some discourse. So it's, you have to make sure that those two things are matching up. Yeah. To create your whole picture. Yeah, because <laughs> if you're a terrible designer and, you know, you could have the coolest graphics and all this really nice looking stuff and like a fancy truck that looks super sleek and it looks, you know, just awesome and like you're really top notch, but then you're just not good at what you do, that's not really going to work. So right. it, it has to match up with your real life brand and what you actually do with your business. So that's definitely an important part of it. Mm-hmm. Now, what, you know, when you were on the outside of Premier Outdoor Living looking in, because we were friends before you started working here, mm-hmm. you know, I assume just like everybody else that I'm friends with, you were really tuning in to everything I was posting. Every single thing. Every single thing. I saw thing. every single yeah. piece of content you Probably just hanging ever. on the edge of your seat, just waiting for the next post. Yep. So what, you know, because I, I think of my brand as you know, a certain way because I'm the one that is conceiving it and putting it out there. So, you know, but you have to make sure that that's matching up with the viewer, with the people that are going to be digesting the content. Mm -hmm. How are they perceiving your brand? So what were your kind of thoughts on it from an outsider? Like, you know, you hadn't been to any of our jobs. All, All you saw really was the online footprint. And what, yeah, what did that, you know, so, I, since I have worked in marketing before, I definitely have a, an eye for that kind of thing. Um, so, for you, the main thing I always noticed was your consistency. You are consistent. And that kind of goes hand in hand with, like, creating your brand. You want to maintain everything super consistently. So, then when people look for you or they see something that you're do- you've done, they're like, oh, that's that's a premier job. That's I, yeah. I know without seeing any sort of logo, I know that's a premier job. So as an outsider, I always saw how consistent you were. You were consistent in your posting. You were consistent in your jobs. You were consistent in the messaging that you were using. It was super consistent. So that is like a huge, a huge factor in everything. Consistency. Yeah, that's that. That's a good point because your brand is going to be you can't be changing who you are or, or what you do or what your business represents you know, every couple months or else your brand doesn't really mean anything. And I think that mm-hmm. kind of leads, leads into two different, you know, I, branding's the same at the end of the day, but there's two different ways to sort of go about it where if you are somebody that's selling something almost like point of sale, like somebody needs an electrician and, you know, they're not going to, nobody's following along an electrician for like their dream uh, new sub panel that they want to get it's you know some people are really interested in it and they'll follow along and and they think it's it's really cool but nobody's going to be like putting that kind of stuff on their pinterest board and so you have 
a really finite amount of time to get your brand messaging across in those type of situations. So in that yeah. case, it's kind of like this wine that we're drinking. It's a lot of your packaging. Yep. And a packaging for a contractor is all the things that, you know, people are going to see at that point of, not necessarily point of sale, but point of initial contact, which is usually the internet. So your website, all that stuff needs yeah. to represent who you are. I see all the time, even well-established contractors that just have websites that look so outdated. And it just, to me looking at it, I'm like, all right, well, this this person, like, you know, they're probably not up to date on all, like, the newest stuff that, you know, they're just, if this is how they treat their website and it's something that's, you know, looks like it was put up in 2005 at the beginning of, you know, websites, then that kind of says something about your brand. So mm-hmm. that's one way, I think, to to look at it in that short term. Yeah. And I think with with people who are going to be working super locally, like plumbers or electricians, yeah. or you don't have that like sexy end product of a designer. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you are a, a volume person who's yeah. helping people. You need that local advertising where you have your car wrapped with really good um, logoing. You need to do yeah. billboards or whatever. In that case, you need to have as many eyes on your marketing material as possible mm-hmm. because you don't have that end picture of a beautifully yeah. designed deck. You need that. That's like a, it's a different type of marketing, but it's yep. the same kind of. Uh, same idea. Same idea. Yeah. I you, think, I think a lot of people do look like when they hear the word branding, it's just, I think it's associated with more of like a high end business or a luxury market where it's all like just about this, very high-end kind of polished look, but that's not what what branding is, and it shouldn't be for a lot of contractors. Like, if you're a plumber, you might want to brand around, hey, we're going to call you back right away. Like, your thing might be, Mm -hmm. we'll call you back within an hour, no matter what time you call, 24-7, we're going to call you back within an hour. And, like, that's your thing. Mm -hmm. You're super reliable. Any call you get, you're going to return it. That's what you want to build your brand around. Yes. Or... You have a super long warranty. You're going to stand behind your work uh, for a lifetime on workmanship. Yeah. That's what you want to build your brand around. That's a great point. Just pick that thing that is going to set you apart. You're not just some run of the mill. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll yeah. get to you when I get to you. You need to have what is going to set you apart and you need to push that and you need to be consistent with that. Yeah. And you need to deliver with it because yeah. it'll it'll attract a lot of clients if you really push on your marketing, we're going to call you back within one hour, no matter what, you know, we'll get back to you. And, but then if you don't call them back within an hour or you just don't get back to them, they're going to be even more mad at you than just somebody that didn't call them back. Cause now you've said, you've kind of pushed all this marketing that we're going to call you right back. That's who we are. That's, that's the type of business we are. And that's like our thing. We're super responsive. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't, it's like even worse than if you'd never said anything at all about calling people back. So you do need yeah. to deliver on you whatever deliver. <laughs> you pick as like your thing that sets you apart. Yeah. And kind of piggyback, piggybacking off of that like luxury high-end mentality around the word branding, your brand could be that you're the cheapest, you know, most affordable fence installer or something, mm-hmm. you know? And some people build their business around that. And there is this really negative connotation around people that are less expensive. 
a lot of times that's warranted. But there are just really streamlined businesses that are able to provide, you know, not a super high-end service, but, uh, yeah. you know, a well-installed fence. And they do such big volume that they can do it a lot cheaper than your average contractor. Yeah. And that's something that they can brand around. And that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as you're getting a, a reasonably quality installation yeah. And some companies can deliver that. If you can back up that claim, if you're like, okay, we're going to do it the cheapest and this is why we can do it. Yeah. The, this is why we can be the cheapest. Yeah. Use that to your advantage. Use that in your marketing material. Yeah. Say we, we got this down pat and we figured out our perfect equation and that's why we can do it the cheapest and that's yep. what product you're going to get. Yeah. Use that to your advantage. And kind of not super related to what we're talking about, but I do think that you're going to start seeing a lot more of that um, kind of like Amazon of home services where people just do one thing. They buy things in super high volume. Mm-hmm. You know, they do projects in super high volume. So they're able to provide like a decent service. It's probably a couple of years down the line because, you know, you have all the problems with installers and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I think that is something that you'll see more and more. So always be wary of a the lowest price, but you know, I don't think that that's an impossible business model to build around. Yeah. You have to be really savvy to, to make sure you're making money. But um, so. Yeah, I think that's you got to be able to back up whatever. Yeah. Whatever why, your brand yeah, what is, your, what your pitch is, what your what your hook is, whatever your thing is, you yep. have to be able to back it up. Yeah. Um, should we we got we do have a couple calls this week, and I thought that this episode was really good to kind of have like a back and forth with some with some calls and hear what other people's thoughts are uh, as they're starting to grow their brand or maybe they're a little bit more established and they're trying to um, just expand on what they've already built. I think it'd be good to hear some input. So should we should we go to the first caller? Yeah. Um, this is Kevin. Kevin. All right. Hey, Sean. Uh, this is Kevin Sanchez from Ace of Decks, uh, located outside of Chicago. Um, first of all, I wanted to start off by giving you appreciation and letting you know that uh, you and your company and the work that you do have been a great source of inspiration um, while tackling the outdoor living spaces. Um, and my question to you is, if you were, so I guess this is my situation. I'm in a new area um, coming off with pretty strong brand um, or, or business entity, um, but I'm just trying to establish myself as kind of the professional in the area um, and really leave my part, mark in the community. Um, what would you do um, in your journey? Like what, what was, I guess, what would be the first thing that you would tackle in terms of branding? I mean, I know there's marketing and I see that you do a lot of video and stuff like that. Is that what you would start with or what would you do to kind of get started um, in this industry if you were starting from scratch right now? Uh, that's my question, Sean. Thank you very much again um, for everything that you do, your videos and stuff. Um, take care. Looking forward to hearing about it. All right. Thanks for the call, Kevin. <laughs> that's um, a great question. A lot it, of people are starting from scratch. so Yeah. I think that is a really good question, and I'm not totally sure if uh, – if he's starting in a new area, like maybe moved his business. So he does maybe have a portfolio of stuff to build from. So maybe I'll answer it from both sides. If, if he is moving and maybe just relocated and 
he does have some sort of portfolio. I think the best way you're in a completely new market, the best way to really get out there, you need to have a couple things in order first. You need to have your website. You need to have a Google My Business page. You need to, you know, have all the social medias and stuff like that and have good content on those just kind of as a portfolio. It's going to take a while to generate that organic lead, especially locally. So Mm -hmm. I would get all those things in order so that when you do get leads, it looks like you're set up really well. It looks like you're well-established because at the end of the day, people only know what they see on the internet. If that's where they're finding you, that's where they're going to get all that initial information. So make sure you set up everything exactly how you want to be portrayed. If it's high end, you know, make it look like you build these really cool custom decks or if you're more of a volume builder, you know, look at your business, think about what, what area you want to target and then just make all your messaging built around that. And once you have that just basic um, stuff ready to go, I would jump on Facebook ads and just get out in front of a bunch of people because mm-hmm. that that's going to drive some initial traffic. And then, you know, you have that other stuff set up. So it draws people to your website. Hopefully you have a contact form on there or maybe your phone number if you want to be fielding calls all the time, which I hate. Um, but that would be the best way. And that's how I started. I knew that getting organic leads was going to take a while starting mm-hmm. up. So really jump on Facebook ads, generate some buzz and then stay consistent with it so that, you know, if you run an ad campaign, say for a month, you might book a couple projects that'll keep you busy for, especially if you're just getting started and you don't have a lot of employees, you could, you could get set up for six months just from one ad campaign. Then make sure over that six months, you're not just grinding out. You're, you're making sure you capture content to continue it because, you know, over that six months, you might be able to start generating some organic leads and then, you might not have to run any more ad campaigns. You might start getting them more organically. Another good uh, way to go about it is local Facebook groups. You know, don't be yeah. super pushy and super salesy about it, but uh, I think that's a really good way to get your name out there. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's also important to stay consistent. And if you're going to advertise, if you're if you want to work really locally and do those Facebook groups, keep doing it. Because recently, when we were um, going to the airport, I like looked up somebody. I knew somebody. I was like, oh, I, I remember somebody saying they give rides to the airport. Yeah. So I, was, I looked that up and I noticed I hadn't been looking for it before. So I didn't realize how often this person was posting, but they consistently yeah. posted like once a week, this is my service. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's that's yeah. a good way to do that. Stay consistent with it. And eventually when yeah. somebody's looking for your service, they'll be like, oh. Yeah. And they... You know, especially if it's something, it's easy with like an outdoor living project because usually it's a, it's not, it's something that, that people don't mind seeing a picture of. It's a nice picture, so right. it's, it doesn't come across super salesy. So, and just kind of be honest, just say, hey, we're, we're a new company in this area and we do really nice work. We're trying to um, get our name out there more in the community. So if you have any projects in mind, give us a call. And mm-hmm. stay consistent with it. There's a lot of groups for each different town and neighborhood. Yeah. And a lot of them will allow you to post, you know, business-related stuff like once a week or something. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good avenue to go down. Now, the other way, if you're starting from scratch and you don't have a portfolio, 
that's where you you really need that content first to be able to even run Facebook ads. So yeah. I would say, you know, what I did was really leverage my personal network. So I was using my personal Facebook page to put out there that we were doing these projects. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit more likely that I would get a job because there was some sort of personal connection. You know, somebody that sort of knows you, either they're a friend of the family or, you know, there's some connection there. They're willing to give you a shot. And obviously at the beginning, I was a lot cheaper than a lot of people. So um, you get a couple of those jobs. You really look at them as your portfolio projects. You put the work into them. Those are what go on your website. And then you can just pick one of those, run some ads with it. I always went to Facebook ads. I felt like they were the most uh, bang for your buck. Yeah. Google ads are can get very expensive paying for AdWords. So Facebook has worked great for me. You can really target uh, geographically the neighborhoods that you want to go after. And mm-hmm. the, it just it just worked great. It wasn't a huge investment for me. And it helped me get that initial push to get started, to get some work on our books. Yeah. But I always had it in my mind that we were going to, you know, really the goal was to start generating organic leads through it. So that was like to kickstart it. But then I made sure to keep consistent with the content and keep pushing that messaging so that, you know, those, those five or six jobs that we got from that ad campaign, by the time those were over, I'd been pushing out content for five, six months. Now we're starting to get organic leads and everything like that. So the organic stuff takes time. Yeah. Don't try to to do that right off the bat. Don't go crazy trying to create a lot of content because that can be super time consuming. I would say worry about the pictures first, market with those. And then as you get in the swing of things and business is going a little bit better, add those type of things on, you know, slowly but surely. Yeah. And I think it's also super important when you're just starting out to really figure out a pl- like a marketing plan for yourself and kind of identify that a that thing that makes you different that really yeah. sets you apart b who your target demographic is and b how to best talk to that audience. Yeah. So if you're if you want to build high-end decks but all you're getting jobs are for is like just like small one-off decks that aren't really fitting your brand kind of steer away from those jobs or don't put those jobs up front in your yeah. marketing plan. Put the you want those high-end jobs you got to prove that you can do that. So that's yeah. the kind of stuff you need to put in your marketing. Not if someone sees you do one of those little decks, they're gonna be like, okay, I can do. Yeah. I want a little cedar deck. That's what I want. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to call you and then you're gonna be like, why can't I get these like high end jobs that I want? You have to like really think of what your demographic is. Who, yeah. who do you want your stuff to be in front of? And that also goes for like demographics. If you're trying to market towards younger people really hit like Instagram or like think about who your audience is and what kind of content they consume or how they make these decisions and then put your stuff in their face that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings up a good point as far as in the beginning, it can be really hard to turn away. Like if you want to be a luxury outdoor living company and you just want to build these custom backyards, like that was my goal in the beginning it's really hard when you don't have work to turn down like a, a 10 by 10 pressure treated deck Yeah. when somebody has a realistic budget for a 10 by 10 pressure treated deck, but you just know, or I knew back then it was one of the hardest things to do to turn that away 
because I didn't really have a lot of work on my on my books at that point. But a 10 by 10 pressure treated deck is going to lead to more 10 by 10 pressure treated decks. Yes. And that's not the direction I wanted to go. And I was, you know, had it in my mind that the more I can put myself in a position where I need to make it work. Like if I'm just busy doing 10 by 10 decks, I'm not going to have time to really like worry and stress about, okay, how do I get those jobs that I want? But if I just turn that job down and I'm sitting at home, I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to talk to my target audience or I'm going out of business. So I think you really have to put yourself sometimes in those uncomfortable positions if you really want this specific thing for your business. Some people are really happy building those 10 by 10 decks, but I knew I was never going to be the fastest at that. I was never going to be able to, uh, you know, systemize that type of business where you would really need to, to scale it. I knew that my thing was my creativity. That was my strong suit. So just really think about, about that. The jobs that you take on, that's going to be what dictates your brand. Yeah. You, you can't just wait for these really cool custom projects to come along because they won't. Somebody that wants something really cool, they're going to go to your website or your Instagram and see 10 by 10 pressure treated decks and say, all right, well, you know, even if you're fully capable of doing a really cool deck and backyard, they're going to look at that and say, okay, well, this isn't the person I want to hire. They yeah. build very standard stuff. So, yeah. And I think in the, in this day of Googling and everything, every bit of information is right at your fingertips. So people, when they're searching for these things, they're, they have this thing in their mind of what they want and they are searching for the best version of that, whether it's, you know, whatever they think is the best version, whether it's the most affordable or yeah. if it's, I have this dream deck. I saw, I saw something on Pinterest and I want to recreate that in my backyard. They're going to look for that person who can recreate this thing. So they already know what they want. They're going to look for the best person in that niche. Yeah. So you, if your portfolio is all over the place and you're not really known for any one thing, you just kind of fall by the wayside. You kind of, not that you need to hyper focus and specialize in something, but you need to be, you need to convince people that you're the best at that thing that you're doing. Yeah. I think to be really successful, to just be a, a contractor that's busy, that, you know, can pay the bills that, you know, just can sustain themselves and their family. And that's, that's fine for a lot of people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to specialize so much because you, you know, if it's a very small company, you know, maybe it's just a one man show with a helper or, or, you know, two helpers, you can do a little bit of everything and you can work for, especially if you're doing a little bit of everything, you don't have, have to have that many clients because you might do this person's kitchen and then you do a couple other jobs. And then, you know, two years later, you're back to do their basement. So mm-hmm. I think there is a place for that, but to really build like a bigger business, to take a business to the next level, I think you do need to not hyper, hyper focus, but you need to, people need to be able to see your branding and, and just know that one thing that you do and you have a short period of time, a lot of times to get that point across of we are this company and this is what we do. This is why we're the best at it. Yeah. So everything needs to be aligned to that. Mm -hmm. And that really starts with a lot of self-reflection of knowing what you want from your business. And a lot of people, I think, don't take the time to sit down and assess where their business is right now and exactly where they want to take it. But you need to have that thing, those things figured out before you put together any type of branding, uh, you know, strategy or anything like that. You need to know who you are 
and more importantly, who you want to be talking to, who is your ideal client. Yeah, that's true. And I think that that's kind of where I feel like, like branding and reputation come together where, um, you might think like, Oh, I really want to go in this one direction, but then maybe like, it turns out that you're really good at this other thing and people keep contacting you for that, like thing that you're really good at. Mm -hmm. And then maybe that becomes your brand. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can be, you can, your brand can change over time. Ours does all the time. Yeah. You know, we started out as, you know, really just branding around, the fact that we are a design build company and we build these custom backyards, but eventually it kind of turned into, we're still building these really cool backyards start to finish. We do pretty much everything in house, but a part of that brand became all the content that we do the video stuff and just how passionate and how much fun we have while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's not only there's, there's just so many different facets to your business, to your brand it's not only the product that you're doing, but it's also that that kind of personal feel that people will get when they interact with your business. So I like to think that I want people to be really excited when they contact us. I want them to be excited through the process and through mm-hmm. the build. And they're going to be really excited when the first vlog drops of their project so they can see like, you know, the whole process start to finish. So there's a lot of different ways to incorporate these things into your brand. But like we said, you have to know your brand first, know what you want to to do, what messaging you want to get across. And it can change over time, but you change it too many times and then it's it just becomes confusing. It kind of can grow and develop, but you don't want to be flip-flopping all the time and, you know, changing up course. Yeah. So that kind of leads into like marketing strategies where it comes to like when it comes to like um, logoing and yeah. marketing materials too. So I think like your logo is so important when it comes when it comes to marketing or branding or anything. Um, you need to have a good logo. Yeah. You need to have good marketing materials that support your logo. Yeah. You can't just you know have a Times New Roman. Yeah. Premier outdoor living and be like, why am I not getting jobs? Like you have to look as professional as possible yep. and have your marketing material match the kind of clients that you're going after. Like if you want to build modern designed backyards, don't have this like really country chic looking logo that all has to flow too and be part of your branding that keeps with that consistent image. Yeah. And the nice thing about just access to, the internet and all these different services is that that's not really that hard to do anymore. Mm-mm. There's stuff like Fiverr or I actually got our logo on design crowd, I think, or maybe it was 99 designs, but you just put out an idea. You give them a little bit of background, pay a couple hundred bucks and you get like, I got like a couple hundred different design options. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't really know which direction I wanted to go with it. And they just send you a ton of different options. So there's so many different services like that. You can get, custom stuff for say a, uh, Facebook, uh, whatever they call that banner, mm-hmm. uh, a YouTube banner. And they'll, they'll design all these different things, kind of like a full package of, uh, graphics that you would need for any sites that you might be going with the right resolution and dimensions and all that kind of stuff. So it's not super hard to do anymore. It just mm-hmm. takes a little bit of thought. Yes. It takes that 
that kind of conversation with yourself of how you want to be perceived. And then it's a, it's a good idea to run it by somebody that maybe, you know, maybe not somebody that's super close to you that, that knows the ins and outs of it, but maybe somebody that best represents your target market. You know, maybe if you're targeting younger people and you are an old person, you know, (laughs) go, go hang out with that cool (laughs) hip niece that you have. That's always wearing cool clothes and, That's my target market. Let's see what Jacqueline thinks about my new (laughs) logo. Yeah. You know, so seek those type of, seek that type of feedback out and, you know, don't be. And don't get butt hurt if it's it's not good. (laughs) If they're critical. Yeah. (laughs) You need that feedback. (laughs) You definitely do. So, yeah, I think, I I hope somewhere in there we answered his question. I I think we did. (laughs) Yes. I think we did. (sighs) Should, should we, we do our next call? Should we go to the next caller? Yeah. yeah. Who, do we, who do we got next? Next, we have um, Richard Carroll. RC Outdoor, my man. Sean, what's up, buddy? It's Richard over at RC Outdoor. Longtime follower, first-time caller, and wanted to chime in on the branding topic. Um, it's something that, that we kind of accidentally but kind of fortunately fell into at first didn't really know what branding was and still kind of like question like, like what is branding, right? It's like it's hard to, to get a good definition on that. But um, I guess to put it in simpler terms, what, what I've tried to do with our brand is really differentiate ourselves from the rest of the pack. So the rest of the companies in my area that are doing outdoor living, patio, landscaping, uh, you name it. And I think what we've tried to do as far as establishing and building our brand is we really want to come off as um, a really positive company, really energetic, very passionate, and very creative. And I think that we've done a pretty good job of that. And I think it's led to a pretty successful three or four years. And uh, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about you know what we've been able to, to do in our market and um, for, for us, it's definitely led to uh, more work, and we've been able to charge a premium. Um, so you look at it like in the shoe industry, you've got the Under Armour, you got the Nike shoes, you got the Yeezys for going for what five hundred bucks, and you've got the LA Gear, the Viva, the Kmart brand going for twenty bucks, and they're they're made out of the same materials, right? They're made out of the same rubber, fabrics, laces, whatever, right? But it's the same with us. You've got the Under Armour, the Nike companies in the area who are using the same basic materials, basic rock or whatever, but they're willing to pay more for, you know, the the, the Nike brand, the Nike company than, than your, your Visas or your Kmart. So, um, yeah, I could blab on this all day. I just, uh, you know, I'm super passionate about building a brand and it's definitely helped us get to where we are. So feel free to edit some of that out. Um, join the podcast and look forward to hearing you guys. All right. Take care. Thank you for the call there, Richard. Richard Carroll, RC Outdoor. If you're not following him on Instagram, go check him out. Um, love the call. And I'm really glad that, that you ended up calling in because I think you've done a really great job on building your brand and, I think initially, because I've been following Richard for a couple years, and he started his business 
probably three, four years ago. And he really differentiated himself with his designs first. And one of the things that I really loved about his designs and his projects, and I still love about it, is a lot of them are really like accessible projects for most uh, clients and most other contractors too. He's, he's developed like a really good following of other contractors because most of the projects he's doing aren't crazy huge projects. They're regular size backyards, but he's finding ways to do really unique things with them and sets himself apart with those designs. So I think he attracts a lot of clients that way because people see it and see, Hey, this, that's not a crazy house. It's a, Mm -hmm. you know, my house looks like that and we could, you know, we were thinking about getting a patio, but he just did these couple things that were different with the design. Probably not a crazy amount of extra work for him to do just some more planning, some more design thought went into it. And it ends up with this end product that looks so much different than your typical, you know, basic patio. And he did such a good job at that in the beginning that that's really, I think what set him apart initially. Now he's grown his business. And I think you were checking out some of his stuff the other day, right? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. He definitely does some really cool stuff. And I've kind of seen him kind of shift into starting to focus more on building his brand. I think his brand was going to build itself no matter what, because his designs are very unique. He does these really cool, uh, you know, curved inlays and stuff in the patios that he does. So I think the projects alone were enough to have him give him a brand that, that set him apart. So, well, like you said, he accidentally, said he accidentally kind of fell into a brand. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was that was really just through like following his passion. He wanted to do these really cool projects and that almost like accidentally came through as his own brand. So you, you can kind of if you follow him you pick up how passionate he is about the design and all this kind of stuff and you know, if you are really passionate about it and you're willing to work hard in your business those things are going to kind of come across in your branding. Yeah. So it definitely did for him. And I look at, at our business in a, in a really similar light as his, you know, we especially initially were doing smaller projects and just doing little things design wise to set it apart and make it look like a really cool custom project. And it didn't have to have this humongous budget, but we wanted to set ourselves apart with these little details he did the same thing and he started a couple years after me and I just remember following him and and kind of it kind of reassured me because I, I had this idea when I started my business that I have this plan and it's going to work out and it just, you know, if I follow this formula, it's going to work. If I do the cool projects, if I put them out there on social media, if I really focus on those finished pictures, it's going to, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of followed his his whole, uh, you know, genesis of his company. And I saw it unfold right in front of me again. He did the exact same thing. And before you know it, I'm talking to him and he's like, man, I'm getting I'm getting all these calls. It's it's crazy. And it just reassured me that, wow, that formula that that I kind of figured for myself, I think that really would work for anybody that you put the work out there and 
it's almost like that field of dreams kind of mentality. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. So you have to be <laughs> the one to build it first and show the clients what you have to offer, what makes your brand different. I did that in initially. He did that in the beginning. And I think we're both really great examples of it works. And it doesn't take very long, especially with the internet now, because all you need is, you know, a few really cool projects and be consistent with it mm -hmm. to kickstart that growth. And in the beginning of your business, you don't, you know, you're usually a lot smaller. You don't have as many employees. It takes less leads to stay busy. So it's just a snowball effect. And that's what he's really seeing. And it's cool to follow along because I really relate to that in a lot of ways. And I think it's it's just a really good example for a lot of people just starting out that you can just jump into this with no uh, you know, prior branding experience. You don't have to be super well established in your market to within a couple of years be like that company that people want. Yeah. And that's what he's done. Hopefully I think that's what we've done. So check Richard out. Check us out, obviously, if you're not already. And uh, you know, follow that template that we put out. Yeah. And you'll be you'll be on the right track. So Yeah. Thanks for the call, Richard. Really do appreciate that. That kind of made me think of the flip side of things where, like he said, he accidentally fell into a brand, like where when it comes to brand and reputation, like whether you are doing it intentionally or not, like you are creating a brand. Yeah. Like you're creating your reputation. So. Yeah. You could be, <laughs> if you're flip-flopping all the time, your brand is, <laughs> that's the company that flip-flops all the time. One day they're, you know, saying they're the cheapest. The next they're the most expensive high-end company. <laughs> so you are, your brand follows you around. It's, it is something that creates itself. Yeah. You are creating a brand all the time, but if you're intentional about it and you make a lot of decisions around what your business does, you can kind of drive where that brand goes because that is a good point. You, you have a brand no matter what. You can't just say, I opt out of having a brand. I don't have one. You have one. Maybe you're the small time guy that doesn't have any social media and, you know, just has old school business cards. And that's like endearing to some people. Some people love that. It's going to be really hard to grow your business super big, but you could find a really loyal following in like a nice little neighborhood of, you know, that endearing, you know, he doesn't have social media. He's just like, you know, only word of mouth, only work off of referrals. So there is an opportunity for everybody, no matter what you're doing. But if you put some thought into it, if you make thoughtful decisions about what your business does, what projects you take, how you market yourself, you can be in the driver's seat of your brand instead of the outside, you know, world being the, in the driver's seat of where your brand goes. Yeah. And I think, um, with, like we run a pretty tight crew, so there's not many of us, but tight ship. Other, we're yeah, we're pretty tight ship. Tight ship. <laughs> but for other companies that do want to expand into more volume, a more volume type business, yeah, um, I think it's also really important to make sure that the people that you hire also believe in this brand that you are creating, because they, in a sense, they are a face of your brand. And if yeah. you have a bunch of people out there saying all different things or 
acting a different way or, you know, not portraying yourself in the best light, yeah. you need to like really make sure that you are, you're creating this brand for your employees and then your employees are yeah acting that way as your messengers of your brand. Cause they've really, they're the ones that are speaking with the client. They're the yeah. ones that are out there. Yeah. Like if it's it. more of like a sales position, yeah, they're the ones out there. Or just a, an installer for any type of contracting business. Those are the people that are really interacting with the clients the most. Those are, they're really like the the face-to-face representation of your brand. And not only make sure that they're representing the brand that, that you want to put out there, but make sure you're communicating with them what your brand is. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I think a lot of com- like larger companies, they're like, oh, you didn't see that you know, sign we have in the break room that says we are the best because we always call back twice, you know, whatever <laughs> your, your thing is like, you know, you can't just assume that your employees that are going out there every day know what your brand is and what your, you know, mission statement is. It's something that yeah. you have to really educate them on, not only educate them on what that mission statement is, but what does that look like in different situations? So I think having and that's part of like building a culture in your company. Yes. What you stand for. And because a, a brand, like like we've been saying, it can be very vague. And in a lot of ways, it, it is just a vague concept. So you need to portray and communicate to your clients. What does our brand look like in this scenario that you might encounter? How do you respond to this question or this situation? Because that's how your brand is interpreted. It's off of your actions and what you do to your client. So that's something really important that you need to think about. You can't just assume, okay, well, you know, I the slogans on the t-shirt they're wearing, they should know what our brand is and how to act. Mm-hmm. You need to educate them and communicate with them on how to be a messenger of your brand. Yeah. Because if you're running a 10 crew yeah. job, you that... That one person who's out there with this other family, mm-hmm. they do a bad job. That family thinks that company sucks. And now everyone I talk to about this job that they just did, they all think you suck. Yep. So you got to make sure that you port- you give that information to your crew. You yeah. are all working for- towards the same goal. Yep. You all have that hook in your mind. Yep. We call back within an hour or we... Get out of your house within an hour or whatever your hook is. <laughs> Whether we're done or not, we're, we're, <laughs> we're out. out. <laughs> That's a pretty easy one to stick to. Like, we're, we're out of your house in an hour. We never, we never said, our branding <laughs> never said we'd be finished. done anything. We'd rip your house yeah. apart, but we're out in an hour. We stuck to our word. We stuck to our word. and. What would you say our hook is? Our hook? Ooh. Yeah, what's our hook? Um, We build... Uh, luxury backyard experiences yeah and i i think because i think i we we're whole picture people you're not just getting a deck you're not just getting a patio it's a whole it's a one-stop backyard design company yeah and i think and we're all goobers just getting it done yeah yeah (laughs) i think our brand has become more complicated as we've added more facets of video content well yeah that's true and to an extent we don't need to be hyper focused because we're not trying to generate you know we're not trying to maximize as many leads as we can possibly get um so 
if we were, I think we would probably go about some things a little bit differently. But right. the way that, that we're kind of doing things is that we are very exclusive. You know, we we put out there that we are booked out. I mean, we were booked out for this entire year before it started. And, you know, we're not taking any consultations or anything. So there is a bit of exclusivity to that. Yeah. But the content and everything does add another layer to everything. It, in one sense, it lets clients get a behind the scenes picture of what it's like for us to be there and really what our personalities are like. And we're all like goofy and having fun. So I think that does attract a certain type of client. It might Mm -hmm. turn some clients away that, you know, we're not super serious and buttoned up. We're just kind of like having fun out there. And we always want the projects to turn out really cool, but some people might not love the, just the laid back kind of attitude that we have about it. So for us, it's not a problem because we still get way too many leads that we could possibly do. But I think also at the end of the day, I don't want, I don't want people to think that we're going to be like super buttoned up. And because I mean, I'm not like that at all. I'm just like, I I want to goof off. And so I think if the more content that you're producing, the more complicated your brand becomes because you have to make sure that that message that you want to get across is coming through on so many pieces of content. If you're really just Mm -hmm. doing, you know, pictures on Instagram, you got to make sure your captions worded a certain way to speak to your audience. Um, Your website is set up. Usually that's kind of like a set it and forget it. Maybe once a year, twice a year, you review it and make changes. But when you're doing weekly YouTube videos and you're doing one or two Instagram videos a day and you're doing stories, it becomes a little bit more just like all in, it's hard to really narrow it down to like one super specific thing. But I think I guess at the end of the day, ours is creating outdoor living experiences. Yeah. I love I've noticed at least a couple times you always say experiences, which yeah. I love. Yeah. I should start I think- really saying that more. <laughs> Well, I think that that's, that's more accurate because it's not like, like, because you're so good with design, you always think about like, like even at this last job that we had, like we had to uh, on the fly fix a little design part where you added a bar in and you're like, actually, this is going to flow way better. You're going to sit at this bar that overlooks where your kids are playing. And like, yeah. you always think of those little things about how you're actually going to use this yard, not just like okay, this has room for a 16 by 20 deck. That's what we're going to build. Like you always think about that. So that's why it's like an experience. That's what your brand is. You're creating this experience. So in the future, if we are ever at a party together and I'm just like, you know, slowly scanning the crowd and seeing how people are acting, I'm just doing field research and I'm seeing how people interact because that is something that, you know, I didn't really even think about so much that really we are thinking a lot about the experience. The functionality is super important for me in the design process. And I'm always thinking about, okay, how is this going to function if it's just the immediate family on uh, you know, a regular weeknight? Are they going to feel like the space is too big and too open and it's not intimate enough and it's not cozy? Mm-hmm. But also, you know, they said once a year they have 80 people for a Labor Day party. 
Are we going to be able to accommodate that many people? And so anytime I'm at like a function, I'm always just like scanning around, looking at like how people interact because you never have all 80 people in a circle talking to each other. You have these little segments of groups. You maybe have eight or 10 people over here. You have six people over here. So creating like those nooks that people can hang out in is really important to my design style and I guess our brand. Yeah. And I think outdoor living experiences you're giving is, away a whole lot of design tips. We should do a whole episode on oh, that. Yeah, we should. That's such a good <laughs> idea. But that is true. That's part of your brand. You have Yeah. That's what sets you apart. That we is, should put that in our in our messaging more often because I think yeah. you really nailed it. We're not selling outdoor living spaces. It's experiences. Yeah. But you're creating the experiences that we have the, furnished. The homeowner, for you. not me. Well, I mean, you know, you might be in the market for a for a backyard. <laughs> I am actually. You have a nice, well-paying job. You can afford a nice backyard. Come on, how much do you want to support this company, Catherine? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, should we do our last? Call? Let's do our last call. Okay. Let's see what we got. All right, we have Danny with Oasis. Hey, Sean, how's it going? It's Danny with uh, Oasis down in Maryland. I wanted to hop in the branding talk as it's something we're still trying to figure out being a newer company. Uh, we've been in business since 2019, so we're still trying to establish a brand to where people see one of our projects and say, oh, Oasis did that. That's definitely one of our main goals to get into that high-end brand niche. But um question for you is, how long did it take you to get your brand and style? Because I know you're doing an awesome job branding you have your brand, you have your style project, but how long did it take you? And is designing the only real thing that helped you or were there some other secrets about building your brand? I know the YouTube and social media has helped you a lot as well. But yeah, I'm just curious to hear what you have to say about that. I appreciate it. Have a good show, guys. See ya. Thanks for the call, Danny. Um, Danny's another person. He actually came up here um He's somebody I met through, I guess, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and um, just seemed seemed like a, a nice enough guy that I said, yeah, come on up here and we'll we'll go out to Juanita's. And uh, in general, maybe, you know, he didn't seem like a like a stranger danger type of person when I first <laughs> had contact with him. So I was like, he was going to be up in the area. So I said, yeah, let's go out to lunch, man. And um, he's a great guy, love Danny, but. <laughs> I felt no really danger. bad. No stranger danger. <laughs> I felt really bad because, um, you know, he had seen all this stuff about Juanitas on our social media. And I was like, yeah, dude, definitely come up here. I'll take you out to Juanitas. It'll be awesome. It was a Monday. I forgot. Oh, Juanitas no, they're closed. on Monday. <laughs> so I took him up to Sweetwater. It was still pretty yeah. good. We, yeah. had, we had a nice chat. We, we, you know, talked shop. It was cool. But give you a little background on him. He is, I don't know how, I don't want to, you know, say he's. I think he's only like, I don't know, maybe 24 or so 24? him. Yeah. Him wow. and his, um, his friend, I guess is the owner. He's the salesman, you know, they're, they're kind of somewhat sort of maybe partners. I'm not sure totally what the, you know, deal is there, but they're both super young. They're both, I don't know, maybe they're 25. I don't know. They're, they're really young. Mm -hmm. They just got started a couple years ago, but they're, they're big dreamers. They're big not, I don't even want to say Love big that. dreamers because they're big. They've already achieved a whole lot. I mean, they're they're they've got big goals. 
they've got big goals. That's and, amazing. And they're tackling them. That's and amazing. I know at least his business partner or the owner or whatever the, the relationship is there. Um, he's one of these 10Xers. You know, these Grant Cardone people. I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know Grant Cardone? <laughs> you don't know Grant Cardone? 10X? 10X you're thinking? Whatever no. your goal is, times it by 10. Oh. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> I I have my doubts on that whole thing. <laughs> I haven't dove into it enough. Maybe we should probably do a whole show on that whole mentality because there's so many people in like the landscape outdoor living industry that are is All this like a this. book or it's just... A- oh, yeah. The 10X rule. Okay. I'll read the book and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. We could do a whole episode. Okay. <laughs> I'm undecided on it, but I know that the guy Alex, who's the owner, I th- I'm pretty sure he's a big 10Xer kind of guy. Okay. But it seems to be working for him. He's a super young guy. Yeah, They've been super s- successful. I know that they're, you know, shooting to do at least a couple million in sales this year. Amazing. Um, they're doing... Uh, I know they started like a side dumpster rental business. They're mm. doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So... Shout out to them. They're doing really cool stuff. They're killing it. And, uh, you know, they're not letting people like me that, you know, maybe, I don't know if I'm a doubter in the 10X mentality, but they're making it work. They're killing it. So maybe (laughs) we'll get them on the show for the 10X talk. But to answer the question, I would say it took, like like I said a couple times, I had the mentality, if you build it, they will come. I kept thinking that in the beginning, that field of dreams kind of, you know, <laughs> saying. And I looked at it. I told myself, I'm not going to think about money at all for the first year. I'm just going to think about building cool projects. Yeah. I was living super simply, so it wasn't very hard to, you know, just get by. And, you know, so it wasn't that difficult. I would say within the first year, we had made a really, really good push at creating that brand. And it definitely didn't hurt that, especially locally at the time, I guess I was 25 or 26. And so I was at that prime age of knowing what Facebook was and, you know, Instagram just getting started. Mm -hmm. So I knew that that was going to be the future. That was, that was my biggest advantage at the time. So I leveraged that super early on. And that's what really gave me the, the confidence to to know I can build whatever kind of online brand I want because I'm in control of it. I post whatever I want. I, I'm the one that's building the projects. I can, you know, make sure I get those those perfect pictures that dictate what jobs we want to do in the future. So I would say a year got us really close to, you know, getting the type of leads that we wanted. Obviously, it's an evolving process and we're still building that brand. But I would say one to two years, by two years, we were getting a ton of leads. We had really started getting a ton of organic leads that of the jobs that we've really wanted to do because we were just posting pictures of those type of projects and we were turning down projects that didn't fit that brand. So Mm -hmm. that's super important in the beginning. Turn down those jobs that you don't want to, you know, that you don't want to do in the future. Yeah. Because those will lead to more of those. Um, And what's the second part of his question? It was, we're going to, should we replay it? You got the transcription. I have the transcript. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He was also saying, um, you know, about making the videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, cause they want to get into more of the high end 
and and just like how how you get started in it. So I think yeah. he, or he was asking how how is, long it took and, and is design really like yeah. the way that you differentiate yourself? Yes. And I think for us it was, and you know, one thing that I've gotten some feedback from people is that we, you know, we'll incorporate a new design into you know, our projects. And then we repeat that a lot, you know, over the next several months or for that year. And I always look at it like we're, we're, we're trying to build our style, build our, our aesthetic. And we're always building upon that. And it's a slow build. So we're, I, each year is almost like a different kind of like design period. Like you see, I don't want to, you know, be super, you know, crazy and be talking like comparing myself to Picasso, but he goes through, (laughs) he's got the blue period and maybe the red, whatever. (laughs) But he, you know, all those pictures look kind of the same. Mm -hmm. So I've always tried to do that. Like we're trying to like kind of perfect these little details. We'll come up with an idea for um, a column on a pergola and we'll try different iterations of that until we really, you know, kind of perfect that detail. And then Usually the next year we come up with some different ideas and there's some sort of theme to it. So next year we have all of these um, projects with vanishing posts where it looks like there should be a post supporting a roof, but we have circumvented that. Yes. Spoiler alert. We haven't completely figured (laughs) out how we're doing all those yet, but we know we're, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Or the architect is. There's no such thing as a problem. It's just a solution that hasn't been found yet. So I think, you have to stay consistent with your design aesthetic, but always be building on it. And don't don't worry about changing things up, you know, so much in the short term, like always trying to come up with a crazy, you know, new harebrained idea to incorporate on every project. But just make sure that you're always building on it. And my goal is to always just get better as a designer, yeah. better as a um as a contractor in general, better as a business owner, better as a leader, make sure you're always going towards that goal. It can be slow. The slower, the better, really, you know, you want to build on it. And, um, and when it comes to design, what's in style changes. So you have to naturally evolve with what people want. Definitely. And your style should, should evolve with the changing designs too. So yeah, long answer short, it's an evolution. (laughs) Don't be afraid to evolve. Um, because that's what I'm always trying to do. That's yeah. what we're all trying to do. We're all just trying to grow. Grow. Shed that old skin and be reborn <laughs> as a new designer, a new, you know, business owner, whatever you want to do. You always have that opportunity, but we did always try to make sure that there is some sort of inherent quality of the design that just gives it a look that just says, hey, that looks like a premier outdoor living project. Yes. And that's the key. That's the je ne sais quoi. Yes. As they say. Yeah. So that's our last call for the day. Yeah. And we're what, right at our happy hour. We are? Yeah. We're just nailing this thing on, <laughs> on timing. What uh, what closing advice do you have for just anybody out there? Um, I'd say geared more towards somebody starting out because... People that are like are, are really in it and know about branding, you know, they can do their own research. They they know what it is. They yeah. 
they're they're developing their own brand, but I think the newer people need more advice on this. Yeah. What do you got for them? I think if if you're just starting out and you or you just are like, man, branding, I should think about that. Just really do like a case study. Think about who you want your client to be. I want my client to be a 30-year-old man and woman family. They've got a kid. They the man is an accountant, the woman is a teacher. Think of something super specific and be like, how would I get that person's job? Create, not create your brand around it, but create like this scenario of like, how would I sell myself to this family? Yeah. And think about it like that. And I mean, that's, that's really, they, they always say, picture your perfect client and mm-hmm. how you would speak to them. But now like with Facebook ads and, and Google, it's just all, all these online services that you can advertise on you can get so specific with your targeting <laughs> yeah that you really are talking to those people yeah so like really put yourself <laughs> in that situation where you're sitting in front of that you know target first figure out who that ideal audience is pretend like you're talking to them what messaging you think works with them and then you can actually do it on facebook ads and you can do split testing on different captions, see yep. which one works better. Yeah. And you can really fine tune it. Yeah. That gets a little bit more complicated. Maybe we'll do a totally separate um, episode on that. But yeah, I love that advice. Yeah. And my other piece of advice is if you are already in this and you're like, man, my branding is like not aligning with the clients that I'm getting. Like I want to be here and all my clients are here. Where is this discrepancy? Don't be afraid to ask your clients for feedback. Like where did you find me? What yeah. What made you want to hire me? <laughs> yeah. Why, you know, like get kind of their feedback. Don't, you know, clients that you trust and you can have that like an open conversation with. But I think it's important to be open to feedback when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not necessarily if it's like, you know, you're not getting the clients that you want. And you're like, hey, I got to level with you. You're not the type <laughs> Listen, of client I want. How did you find me? Because I yeah. don't want to be there. Be there anyway. yeah. Don't have that conversation. Just but but be like, yeah. be open and honest and be like, I'm trying to grow my not. Don't say I'm trying to grow my business away from clients like you, but just be like, I'm, I'm trying to grow my business. You know, we're in a yeah. growth phase. I'd really love to hear your feedback and yeah. their feedback. And usually, I mean, most businesses, it's rare that you're just working for clients that you, you despise. Usually right. it's, it's a you, mix. <laughs> even, even ask those clients that you, yeah. you want, you know, the good clients that you have, yep. ask them for feedback as well. Yeah. And I mean, that's always an evolving process, even for us who we can be super, super selective. There's still times where it's like, you know, maybe this client wasn't the perfect fit. I mean, we still made it work. It still turned out good. But, you know, maybe there's something to be learned there. Um, You know, that is. I I'd lost my train of thought there. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. I threw um, you for a loop when I said, ask your bad clients for feedback. Yeah, that really, I, I was just putting myself in that situation and like saying that to them. Oh, yeah. I'm not I saying remember. to have that. Okay, go ahead. So usually <laughs> you have a you have a mix. Like Usually you're going to have some clients like, yeah, I want more of these clients and less of these clients. So if you do start asking for feedback, you'll start to see patterns. You'll say, you know, all of the really good clients, they heard about us through this or, you know, it was this about our messaging or marketing that caught their eye all the clients that you're like you know not necessarily that it's the client's a horrible person or they're they're a terrible client but it might not have been a perfect fit 
Yeah. You might start to see a pattern with those people. Yeah. And say, you know, maybe we don't advertise so much there. Yeah. And we put our resources more towards this and that's going to work better. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're if you want to build luxury decks and you're only getting those. Yeah. 16 by 20 pressure treated decks, ask them for their, you know, be like, yeah, okay, this isn't where I want to be. I've got to get to this other place. Yeah. Why did I? Why am I here? Yeah. And be honest with yourself. Yeah. That that can be difficult to. Yeah. Like be open to feedback that you that you don't necessarily want to hear. Um, but it is super important. If you want to grow, you're going to have to hear uncomfortable feedback. There's yeah. just no way around it. Yes. You're not perfect. No. As much as you try to be, you're not perfect. And yes. someone has something to say to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think as a business owner, as a, it's just a human being. One of the most important things that you can do is be honest with yourself about your shortcomings. Yeah. And I think, um, not necessarily that I'm a great leader, but I think it's one of the maybe a good leadership quality that I have that I never try to pretend that I'm good at the things that I'm not. I'm very upfront <laughs> about the things that I'm bad at. And I don't mind when, you know, people poke fun at the fact that, you know, I'm disorganized or I act like a child or whatever. <laughs> but I think that's super important. So be open yeah. to feedback from your clients and you'll learn a lot. Yeah. Like I said, nobody's perfect. It's impossible yeah. to be perfect, so don't strive for that. Strive yeah. to learn how to be better. But I'm poss- impossible is I'm possible, so maybe it is possible to be perfect. <laughs> we'll we'll see about that. Um, I think I feel like I could go on and yeah. on about this topic forever. So we'll probably segment off down another kind of tail of this branding topic in a future episode, but. I guess that's yeah. it for this week. Yeah. So. It's a good one. Till next time. This has been the Hardworking Happy Hour. See you next week.